This is a bit of a different one. I think you don't start off with Adam Sandler as the main network. And we you just lose all our followers. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> you are now listening to Film Fluence. Babes, we're back. We're back again. <laughs> Wait, this is our fifth episode. Why did my face just stop? <laughs> you know you've seen a ghost. <laughs> Milestone, wow, commitment. Oh my god. Ooh. And you know what? We're actually carrying on our commitment because last episode we committed to the fact that we were going to do an episode about oh, after. Episode that's what we're actually after. doing. Oh my god. That's what we're actually doing. Right. Oh my god. <laughs> Should we start off with a game? A little game? I do think so. Which game are you thinking of? I'm thinking of guess the quote. Do you know what? I feel like I could ace this. I feel like I really could. I mean, I only watched it like last week, both of them. So mm, I think I watched when when did After Two come out? I think I watched it when it came out. I um, think it was last year at some point. I mean, I don't even know. So yeah, I don't really remember it. I watched I watched them both um the other week. Can't say much of it has absorbed my brain i don't know that's kind of a good thing though. No. i don't really want to remember it so it's fine no it's just traumatizing <laughs> it's scary Why it is. No, because it actually is like i don't even want to talk about it too much but like the way that like oh my god it just felt like i was watching something so inappropriate for normal daytime that tv that says something but that says something because you like <laughs> This is something also because you like bad films. I mean, both of us yeah. kind of have that soft spot for bad films. Like thinking that I like Jack and Jill, but like, yeah, I do. This film was. I normally enjoy bad films I see on Netflix. Like I can enjoy making fun of them. I can enjoy, you know, the entertaining part of them. But this actually just made me upset. Like I can't even talk. This was the only film I think I've ever rated one star. It didn't even deserve that one star. It did not deserve that one star. I hate it. Terrible film. Um, But yeah. Without further ado. Why we hate it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So So let's let's play this game. Right. I've got a quote. I'll say my quote. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. (laughs) Okay. Oh, Harden Scott got his first rejection. That was that. Oh, it was uh, Molly. Mm-hmm. Mm, look mm-hmm. at me. I told you I know my shit. I know my shit. Um, um, let me find one. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I got one. I got one. <clears throat> Little work tip. It helps if you don't wear the same clothes every day. That and showering. <laughs> it's Trevor. <laughs> Why is that the one quote you remember? I remember everything Trevor said. He was my favourite. <laughs> Only because it's Dylan Sprouse. Otherwise, would we be saying that? If no. If it wasn't Dylan no. Sprouse, I'd probably just be like, oh, it's just another boy. <laughs> just another but man. You know, I did like seeing, um, I think his name's Charlie Webber. Because he's in How to Get Away with Murder. He was so good mm. in How to Get Away with Murder. Why would you take this role? <laughs> oh, here we go. This is one that I found. That I found. Oh my god. That's it. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh my god. 
Oh, and his eyes wait, start no, to you... water. Wait. <laughs> okay. Um. Pussy bitch, Noah. It is. It is Noah. Bless his cottons. Um. Um, I have also, nothing good to say. He was about annoying him. though because she went to a party and he's like, "Oh my gosh, this is what you do now. Like you go to parties, like oh." And he just was wasn't like, that literally where she's like, "I'm so drunk," <laughs> and he was like, "Oh my god," and he was like, "This is what you do now. Like I'm just trying to look out for you." It's like, "Oh, shut up. so annoying. Like give it up." Okay. Okay. <laughs> Okay, Cody, guess who, guess who, guess who? Fucking Serana! <laughs> oh my god, it's Harden. <laughs> I'm not Horrid Henry. <laughs> this episode should just be called a bad reenactment of last day, even though it's already bad. Oh my god. <laughs> this is really <laughs> Okay, okay, wait, 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 wait. I've got another one. I've got another one. Um, I know you're meant to be doing this one, mm-hmm. but I can't, I can't resist. <laughs> Go on. I can't resist. I'm the commander. I've been the commander all night. Commander, what's it called? I'm not wearing any underwear. Oh my god, it's Tessa. Oh, she's so annoying. Why did she think that was the right thing to do? <laughs> oh yeah, I'm so, I'm so drunk. This is literally the reenactment of her first party. No, it is. So now that we got the blandest bitch out of the way. <laughs> no, but she had such I a think weird we should character arc because in the like she was like the girl next door for about five minutes, and then she does all of this whole like you know like college like changes her in five minutes and then the second the, the second film is like a completely different character like it's just like you don't even know where you started off anymore and she's just so she's really unlikable yeah I don't know I just I have nothing like do you know when you're like really finding it hard <laughs> to articulate because you've got nothing to say about this bitch like mm. that's the only word I can call her because right the writing from Anna Todd's book mm-hmm. when it transfers into this character and I'm not blaming Josephine Langford at all I think considering the script she's been given yeah. she's doing a great job not her fault mm-hmm. script's fault um <laughs> Anna Todd's fault um <laughs> because I don't know like the way she's written Tessa Tessa progressively gets worse yes right like she just turns herself into Harden, but the worst version because she's so like, oh, I'm a feminist. Oh my god, I know. I am a feminist. You know, in English class where she's like, which is about Pride and Prejudice, she's like trying to show herself to be a feminist. Yeah. But like, babes, <laughs> you literally slut shame Molly. You literally slut shame Molly. Oh, it's just like. She did get worse every minute of the films. Um, and I feel like it was like really, I don't know if it was on purpose. Like, I feel like if they did it where it showed where she was losing sight of who she was because of a boy and then sort of like, there was a redemption. There's no redemption. I think yeah. it's all accidental. 
<laughs> I think, like, I think they just didn't mean for it to be like this because she's literally lost herself in Harden and not for the better, but they try and make it like it was for the better. Yeah, yeah, basically, right? It's just like that normal, like, oh my God. We're going to get into this later, so I can't even mention it right now, <laughs> but like, it's just so weird. Like, this is what we, like, I'm just going to like start on it now. But, like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to go into depth on it. But, like, this is, like, the shit we grew up on. So, like, it's being normalised. Yeah. It's weird. Like, it is. okay. She gives me such pick-me-girl vibes. Because it's the fact that she knows she's turning into... Like, the second film, isn't it entirely about, like, how she doesn't like who she's become with Hardin and blah, blah, blah. But then, in the end, you, like, even though she has Trevor, who's, like, this great guy who probably fits her better than Hardin... She yeah. still goes back to him despite every bad thing he's ever done to her. I mean, she actually got in a car crash because of him. Exactly, exactly. And like, oh, she's just very cringeworthy. Like her dialogue, her dialogue yeah. is oh, so weird. I just, so was, weird. I mean, I didn't really like the way they introduced Trevor because, I mean, I like the way they introduced him, but I don't really like mm. what they did with him because he, I think he was a great yeah. introduction um it was good to have him and it could have obviously it was m- only meant for a distraction and then that for her to inevitably yeah. go back to Harden but yeah like I don't like the way they just brought him in and then she just rejects them rejects him I felt like there was more to him because he was also looking out for her as well like obviously he wasn't really doing it and he knows that he overstepped and he was being a bit toxic with it but yeah but he was still just which character to... isn't toxic in this film oh don't all of them are just bad they're all just bad at each other like honestly i don't oh, even know like, maybe like... Should, maybe our ranking should be the most toxic character worst oh character. my god probably it probably should <laughs> it probably should because right like you know like this is a thing right if if I wasn't aware that this was a fictional book that actually already exists mm-hmm. because I'm guilty of reading all of them, by the way. Disgusting, <laughs> I know. Um, the books aren't as bad as the films, though. I will say that the books mm-hmm. are not as bad as the films. Still bad, not as bad as the films. Um, I don't know, man. Just the the books. Like, you read about these characters and you're like, okay. Like, you know, each and every single one of them is still toxic in the books. But then mm. you watch this film and you're like, what the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? Right? And I yeah. feel like, okay, this might just, this is obviously a theory. This is just a theory. But I, <laughs> I feel like this film is satire. <laughs> Do you know what? It does okay. beg the question, like, are they just making fun of themselves? Because it just can't be real. It can't be. And it wasn't you know the, what the thing worst for part me. Is? It wasn't written by like a teenager at the time, was it? She wasn't a teenager. No, no, she was. She was. She oh, was okay. seventeen, or she was in between seventeen and twenty, I think. Um, okay. But she was married. She got married young, and that's odd. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That, that's a separate point. But like, no, yeah. I think like you know, you, you know, um, Dylan Sprouse, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm just gonna use him as the example because the actual example is Hero Finds Tiffin. But yeah, Dylan Sprouse. Okay, <laughs> I'm pretty sure he took this up, like this role up, as a joke and a competition against Cole Sprouse and Riverdale. <laughs> because right, they must sit there and laugh at it when they're together. They're like, oh, this role. Oh my god. 
I was surprised to see Dylan Sprouse in it, you know. Like, I feel like I knew he was in it, but I brought it down my memory because I never watched these films till last week. And then <clears throat> when I saw him, I was like, like, hang on a minute, that's Dylan Sprouse. And I was like, wait, <laughs> why is he here? Like, <laughs> what are you doing? No, but then you've got Candace King as well, who was in, a, who was Caroline as, like, you know, in the Vampire Diaries, mm-hmm. right? Which, I mean, I love, I love, I love, I love. But, um, I mean, I could kind of see her in it just because Caroline was kind of annoying, but she still had dimension to her character, right? Like, mm-hmm. and then um, you also have Charlie Webber in it. And Charlie Webber was amazing on How to Get Away with Murder. So I don't know why you have characters, like actors um, coming into the film and playing these shitty characters. Like, you guys are good actors outside of this. So what the mm-hmm. fuck is going on? That is kind of, that's one of the things for me because I know I noticed this more with Hero but it was with everyone as well. I don't know if how Hero acts normally in films or anything. I haven't seen him in anything yeah. other than this. But the way he delivered his lines is kind of this, it's kind of the same for all of them, let's be honest. It's not just him. The same delivery for every single line. Obviously, you've got the Trevor line and the ones where they shout, but the rest of them are just like... The narrative, obviously, from the virginity part was weird, but then the second film gets even weirder because it's like, what the fuckery... You know what you were saying, right, about, like, characters in pursuit of each other and, like, you mm-hmm. know, if it goes on for so long. Like, one film, again, in the same genre, is... Um, the thing is, I don't know, you really can't compare Anne Hathaway to anybody in this film. Anne mm-hmm. Hathaway is Anne Hathaway. So Anne Hathaway, she was in this film called One Day, which mm-hmm. is actually set, still set in Britain, right? So she pretends to be British in this film. Um, not that she pretends in the film to be British, she just... <laughs> you get what i mean yeah um yeah and so it's about her and this guy and they meet in the university of st andrews or Mm -hmm. or edinburgh or something something so they're studying in scotland and they become best friends um i can't remember how they become best friends and then it just shows the same date every single year that they met on the first day that they like met on the Mm -hmm. first date so every like July there's something that they meet up every single year and so she like is in love with him but he's not in love with her and then he turns into like fuck boy and you know it's not like there's not toxicity in that film because the the, the male character I can't remember his name he he is kind of toxic because he's kind of all, all over the place and she says to him this one iconic line that oh my god I would cry out for days I think his name was Dexter mm-hmm. She goes, Dex, I love you, but I don't like you anymore. Mm-hmm. And that hit, right? That like that's good writing because it makes you think, wait, you can love someone and not like them. And it made me mm-hmm. realize so much. Like I've loved so many people, but not liked them as people anymore. Like, yeah. you know. Um, whereas this film is constantly in that kind of <laughs> battle of I don't like you, but I love you but I'm going to convince myself I like you because I love you. Yeah. And I think there's actually, I was reading quotes. It said Landon, I don't even, don't, don't ask me who Landon was. I don't remember. Um, that was stepbrother. Oh yeah. He says like, you might love him, but like, I don't actually know what it was. So <laughs> it was something we- I remember that. I know what you're talking about. Something about like, you might love him, but he's not, he's not good or good something. for you or something like that yeah yeah, yeah. Like. but when you're yeah. talking about that film, are you sure you want to be with him yeah it reminded me of a film that i do actually really love um i don't know if you agree with me but it's not the same sort of vein but you you love it too so 
love Rosie. I know it's a different thing because it's friends to lovers, but it is they are yeah. the whole film they're in pursuit of each other without knowing. But yeah, yeah, it's kind yeah. of like it works really well. But this is like they've kind of missed the trick because they have just like they're stuck. They like you said they're stuck in one part of that thing. They don't ever really grow as people when they're apart. Yeah, when they're together, yeah. when they're together, they don't grow as people. When they're apart, they don't grow as people. So I don't really get it. And the thing is, right, like. Okay, so I don't know if anybody else has noticed this. You must have at this point if you've watched this film. So the cast changes every single film. Does it? Yeah. Because so no it changed from stay. the first film to the second film. The second film, and now it's changing from the second to the third. And they're guessing that it's going to change from the third to the fourth. Who changed from the first one? The dad. Um, who else is it? Oh, I can't remember. I think Landon changed as well, if I'm right. Oh, I must have really not been paying that much attention because I didn't Oh, know yeah, a lot of the characters... Yeah, yeah, a lot of the characters change. And then in the next film... Um, so because I've read the books, right, I, can't, I know what happened. Mm-hmm. It's the same story. It's literally the same story. Mm-hmm. And you know what? This time, I, I don't think Trevor's in this book. Instead, we have somebody called Rob. So they just got... They just did Trevor like that. Maybe Trevor is in the next film because I remember Dylan Sprouse saying that he's not returning. Fair enough. He was like, I've had enough. He, he's like, Cole, you win with Jughead. <laughs> That's it. You win with Jughead. And this film, you know when you talk about basic people? Mm-hmm. This isn't that. This is worse than that. Because th- there's like, this isn't even basic. This is like beyond basic. It's like, the cinematography what the fuck like you know i literally just feel like i'm watching a bad porno (laughs) no because that's what the whole film feels like because they're just they're not even they're literally just making out all the time or like having sex in the shower like okay why is that the whole film like you um, know the next film's actually going to be directed by um uh, a porn director because it's like this is rated like a 15, isn't it? Like, why are they? I just don't understand. I remember being excited before this film came out. I had made, like, I told my friend, I was like, we are going to go and watch this in cinema when it comes mm-hmm. out. And then they decided not to release it in the UK, which was lucky. Yeah. Wouldn't have wasted my money on it. <laughs> I wouldn't have wasted my money on it. Like, you know, even that scene where they're sitting at the lake. I just, uh... I didn't sign up for it, you know? Like, I didn't, like, I get that, I know that it was written from fan fiction, so in some ways you kind of, but I wasn't expecting to watch, like, Smart, you know what I mean? Like, I just, this is, oh my god, this is, like, the thing is, it's going to get worse. It's just going to get worse. Like, mm-hmm. what the hell? And, like, oh. It, like, oh, I feel like we should also talk about their relationship, though, because, uh, oh my god. Like, okay, even we if we, like, take F every single person who's been in their relationship with them okay starts off with molly and noah they're both toxic molly okay i don't like molly in all honesty i don't like molly but if i have to say someone is the best character in this movie it is molly well i just feel like well at least she was the one who told her about the the bet even though like it wasn't yeah even though she had it was to get back at her but like yeah 
but even like her yeah, best friend like, like her roommate wasn't gonna tell her so her roommate turns out to be evil in the end what the fuck was that about so weird but like i don't know even though because even noah was um quite controlling towards tessa and plus they were boring but anyway um yeah <laughs> yeah they, they didn't even like each other but anyways um oh one thing i did notice there's as no well, chemistry so, between them no so after she cheated on him and he went back home and you know she came back home that one time and they saw each other um at like the football field where he was playing football because he was younger than her um <laughs> so they're talking on the bench and she's like oh, i'm really sorry for what i did to you and he's like it's okay like he just forgives her and I'm like this is such a bad message to send I mean there's many bad messages sending to being sent in this film um one being with Harden all of them being with Harden to be honest <laughs> like what the fuck was going on with Harden like babe just because you've got trauma and attachment issues and personality disorder doesn't mean you can just be like you're mine forever and ever like and then just yeah. oh it was really bad like it's so clear that they were both both his characters were not ready to be in relationships he had substance issues and a lot of mental health problems and she was and he was just trauma dumping on her yeah and then she felt like she had to fix him and she felt guilty because his mum showed up and like she was like oh but, like he was like pretending to be my girlfriend's so my mum i'm too scared to tell my mum like i don't want her to think i messed up like at some point where is that not like abuse like <laughs> no okay it definitely is this is like oh he gaslights her so so much and he manipulates her into doing so many things that she doesn't want to do like he'll be and then she just literally screams at him for no reason as well sometimes <laughs> like I know. harden you you said that to me wait oh my god i feel like i'm describing myself shit maybe <laughs> i need therapy no maybe no, i like... need therapy one thing that was bad as well so obviously she drunk calls him when she's out with trevor and her work thing for that thing they were doing um and she's drunk so she's like i think she said to him like i'm here to say that i'm hot and you're missing it <laughs> um and like she goes back he just comes and he over. shows up and bangs on the door and then he does the like trevor thing and then um and then because she's drunk like basically but then it's so normalized in the show in the film like it was just like a oh haha and then she gets kind of mad at him and then she just forgives him and he's like oh what you're still mad at me like mm, yeah <laughs> can we just talk about the dress though that dress they acted like oh my god like you know and she's all that when laney comes down the stairs right in the mm-hmm. red dress they acted like it was the same thing <laughs> baby Baby, no! Oh my god, no. no, the costume for this film was really bad. Like the way they dressed Tessa, I didn't really get it because it was Tessa kind dressed of... as like a granny. Yeah, and it was kind of like 2014, like you know, Not and she didn't that. dress just... for like someone who's 18. That was a bit weird. Her Hard... dresses were really weird. Harden sorry, but they over they really did overdo the bad boy thing with Harden. oh my god no one can you know like we were talking about this last episode as well right Heath Ledger mm-hmm. Heath Ledger like he just had that persona and like they don't overdo it because he's not dressed like a bad boy he's just dressed like a normal guy mm-hmm. 
And like, which bad boy is going to dress like a bad boy? <laughs> Let's be honest. You really think if someone is so bad that they're going to come, oh, yeah, look at me tied up in my leather jacket with my bike and my black <laughs> T-shirt, my black jeans, my black skinny boots. jeans. I don't think anyone's going to do that. It's weird. Yeah, but then they also, not only, they made, like, okay, so they're trying to make him fit into the bad boy show, but they're also trying to make him the artsy kid at the same time because he loves literature and poems. What are they trying to do oh, with Oh, sorry, I, ha- I have a secret personality. <laughs> no, this is the pick-me energy, pick-me energy. <laughs> like, literal pick-me energy. I'm confused because I don't know what they were trying to do with any of their characters. Um... I don't think anyone knows. I really don't. Because Harden doesn't even fit the bad boy trope because they forced it so much. But then they also, like I said, literally just a second ago, they tried to make him artsy. And with Tessa, like she's girl next door, turn crazy. But I just. Can we talk about how crazy psycho bitch she went on Molly when she literally attacked her in that red dress? And then Harden and her went upstairs and they fucked. (laughs) Like celebrating. And he's like, he's like, yeah, you're "You're so sexy when you do that. (laughs) that's literally a soul and then they just went upstairs and celebrated like why are you gonna slut shame another girl for sleeping around oh oh, exactly like it doesn't even i feel like it was something so dumb to put in a film for teens it's very she slut shame her boyfriend though (laughs) literally (laughs) she slut shame her boyfriend has her boyfriend not slept with like the entire campus they also they also have the biggest uh like jealousy problems both of them they like, see someone talking get, to another yeah and they can get one text that could be literally nothing and that they just lose their they lose their heads again and it's really really it's like things like that that makes a film really hard to watch because it's the same I plot think... happening over and over again <laughs> it's okay yeah the plot the narrative the characters are like unbearable but there are so many other things that are unbearable about this like because it tries to portray college, university. Like, obviously, I don't go to university in America and I actually haven't been to university in England. <laughs> like, I don't know what I'm saying. Like, I just don't think that it is the way they portray it. That, oh, yeah, everyone's no. going to a party every night. Where's oh the study? Wait, I just remember something. So this, made me, this was probably the only thing I could make fun of, like how I normally do for a bad film. So it was the only thing I mildly enjoyed and happened in the first five minutes, then it was over for me. So. Anyway, they're at college and they're vaping. And yeah. so one of them's vaping and then Molly goes, oh, whoa, like sick, bro. Like, let me record it. <laughs> and then she records it and it's like, this is really how they think. Like, <laughs> It's like, you know, those, like, I mean, yeah, roadmen on um, Snapchat who like. Mm. <laughs> yeah, but if someone else does like... that in front of you, they would be like, oh, whoa, bro, that's sick. Let me record it. Like. <laughs> do it again let me record it like no who plays truth or dare at a party for 18 19 year olds in a little circle (laughs) well like Mm. yeah spin the bottle it's just so dumb yeah and like tessa and hardin being the toxic shits they are literally Mm -hmm. think that they're so the the pick me energy that they both radiate oh my god God. They, both have, they just both have superiority complexes. They walk around like they own the place just because they're together. 
like sorry when they moved they're in so weird. with each other and they just pretended they were like better than everyone else the entire four books that are being turned into films are literally just i love you <laughs> No, you don't love me. I love you. I'm leaving. No, you're not. Come back. No, I'm leaving. Fine then, leave. I don't care. Oh, sorry, I love you. <laughs> I'm not even surprised. That's all the books. That is all the books. On the note of bad party games, <laughs> I think we should do one that's going to bring our party to life, just like Tessa and Hardin's. Oh, oh my God. Let's play, let's play most likely to. <laughs> okay. Right, who wants to start? Should I start? Um, I don't mind. I don't mind. Okay, I've got one. This is the first one that came up. Um, I have someone in my head for this, but just for some stupid reason. But who is most likely to kill someone accidentally? shit um i don't actually have an answer because i don't think it would be you can tell me your answer but i can tell you i don't think it's gonna be hard in no so is it tessa because she was looking at her phone and then she crashed her car so i figured she'd probably do that again (laughs) 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 um okay well i'm gonna find my question in the meantime okay i have a good one for you Okay. Most likely to pick someone up at a funeral. Like, pick up <laughs> is in the sense, like, get with. I have my answer already. Do you? It could be any of them. I think it's <sighs> Trevor. <laughs> Trevor? I no. think he's the only one probably who wouldn't. Who wouldn't. I think, I don't know. They could all do it. I could see them all doing it. Just tell you what I think. Who? Tessa. Yeah. Because this is exactly what would happen. I can tell you exactly what would happen. I'm so sad. Oh my god. Oh my god, boys, please pay attention to me. Oh, please. <laughs> and like her dad, like, oh, okay, spoiler alert. Her dad dies in the books, okay? So her dad mm-hmm. comes in at the end of this film and dies by the end of the next film. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. And um, yeah, and so I think. Tessa and Harden sleep together after the funeral, if I'm correct. It's like another Archie and Veronica situation, like oh, Riverdale. Sake. Oh my god, who's most likely to read every book at the library? Harden. Oh my, oh my god, god Harden. Oh my god, he reads books. Oh Harden god. has such a soft spot. Oh my god, oh my god. Harden has such oh a soft god, spot. I'm freaking out. Oh my god, oh my god. he's not a bad boy anymore. He's oh my, my bad boy. <laughs> Um, most likely to never recover from a heartbreak Harden both of them babes that boy would be sitting in the bed all day long Tessa my Tess my Tessa my Tessa come back cry 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 I'm just going to manipulate you into coming back because I'm going to threaten to be suicidal and then you'll just come back I'm going to write my English paper about you and then the teacher's going to break rules and give it to you even when yep. it's probably against policy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's exactly how it works. The toxicity <laughs> of Mr. Hardin Scott. Okay, so this one's probably going to be quite easy because it's part of the plot of the film, but who's most likely to get hit by a car? Miss Tessa, whatever the fuck her surname was. <laughs> I don't know. That was, like, one of my favourite scenes. <laughs> I can... <laughs> <laughs> what? 
You're running my brain. No. Oh, Harden. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Like, when he gets to the scene, he mm-hmm. doesn't even get to the scene. Like, this is, he's like, I'm going home to Tessa. And then he just sees the car in the middle of the street. Stop the car here. I said, Stop the fucking car here. <laughs> and then jumps out and he's like, Tessa. What I will say is, that As it's, if she's very, do anything. it's very what pad. Do you know hard. what I think? On I think you know what I'm. I'm literally just going to lead this into our discussion because mm-hmm. Wattpad just you know we're talking about the toxicity of this film, right? Yeah. The toxicity of this film stems from Wattpad, and I mm-hmm. can say that because I used to read Wattpad for mm-hmm. hours and hours and hours, and partially I do think that's where my liking of Toxic Boys comes in. Mm it's like it's very it's obviously very normalized for on what pad like these bad boys and because most of the people writing it is teenagers who have grown up on that sort of stuff like grown up on those tropes and grown up on the sort of rom-coms that we always talk about with like the you know messed up things but it's kind of times 100 on what pad like it's kind of a lot worse um and that's what part is smart it's just smart i don't think that is actually it like at the age of 11 i was probably sitting there reading smart without knowing it was (laughs) (laughs) because you know what right like this is what happens and i feel like especially within girls Mm -hmm. more than boys although there are boys involved as well yeah but it's mainly between girls because i i know this because i used to have a fan account mm-hmm. babes <laughs> um but yeah like it's it's Literally. fandoms right girls i've been have a part this of thing. so many fandoms in my past to know exactly what you're talking about <laughs> but you know what i think it's weird because it's naturalized that girls should have fandoms for boys and this is exactly what this Mm-hmm. this book film is doing Love. the off franchises I, I had a fan weird. fiction based on two boys and justin bieber and just how much i loved them that's not <laughs> like why no but like i used to read them about like sean mendez and like jack sean if you ever hear this <laughs> it's not true <laughs> it's not true i was just kidding <laughs> i was just kidding just doing a bit um, right now <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Because he said he said it's fucking weird when people read fan fiction. <laughs> and I used to read them like wow, like at the age of twelve, like yes, I'm gonna marry Sean Mendes one day. And that's exactly what Anna Todd has done. But why it's weird that yeah. Anna Todd has done this is because she was married herself. Yeah. It's exactly what E.L. Grey did with Fifty Shades of Grey. Like it's it's weird. And like, okay, the worst part is okay, Fifty Shades <laughs> of Grey was based on a fictional character itself. Yeah. Right, it was based on um, not Edward. Who's Edward's dad? Jasper. No idea. Yeah, so <laughs> one of the Twilight vampire men people thingies, mm-hmm. right? It was a fan fiction that got turned into this weird non-porn porn movie. Yeah. And then you have Anna Todd taking it to the extremes with her obsession 
to the fact that she's written this fan fiction about Harry Styles. Mm-hmm. And Harry, see, I've heard that he has a restraining order against her, but you're saying that she doesn't, like, he doesn't. Yeah, because so I was reading about this because I wanted to find out before I watched it. Um, and apparently he doesn't. Like, she said that she didn't think he did. She thinks that she, he's heard of them, but she doesn't know what he thinks of them. And she said that she would never publish anything or put anything out if she knew that he had any bad feelings towards it. That being said, See, I don't think that's true. In, it's still up in the air, so it's never been confirmed. No, but the reason I think that's not true is because Anna Todd, I don't know her, but mm-hmm. I've heard that she's toxic herself because she got fired from this movie. Really? It's her movie, but she's gotten fired from it because what happened was they found group texts or something where she was body shaming Josephine and she was just slagging Josephine off no and how much she hates her and like how she's a bad actress or whatever um, to Inanna, like from Vine, you know, mm-hmm. Inanna, right? Like, yeah. Who is Lele Pond's best friend, by the way? <laughs> like, what the hell? That's so strange. It, I don't know. She just takes obsession to like the extreme and like, it's just really, really strange because I understand and, and like going through that phase when you're like mm-hmm. underdeveloped. Yeah. You know, and you're not married, by the way. If I was married and my sex life was that bad, I would just divorce the guy because like, <laughs> like I just why, would like, I, why would I write about it? I feel like it wouldn't be as bad if she wrote it about like a fictional character, but because it's about Harry Styles, it's a bit because like it is argued that Harry Styles has this bad boy like persona, but that's not really the point. It's the fact that he's been like the fact this toxic character is like based off Harry Styles. Like the only thing that's to do with Harry Styles is the fact that he's British. Like, I don't really. Yeah, like I didn't like. What do you actually know about Harry Styles that you've based an entire character on him? But mm-hmm. yet this character is so shitty that you've put Harry in that light by associating <laughs> Harry yeah. and this character. Like, like, like the casting of Harden, right? As a hero, like hero is Harden. Again, no resemblance to Harry. Mm-hmm. He's just a brown head, brown eyed guy. <laughs> British boy. That's it. Yeah. That is it, right? And like, what's weird about this film, right? Is like, I don't know. Anna Todd does something very strange with her obsession, which I don't think anybody realizes because growing up reading fan fiction, okay, great, you know, there's generally a male gaze there because a lot of the fan fiction is about the woman pleasing the man Mm -hmm. um and it becomes very internalized i mean i personally don't think i have an internalized male gaze Mm -hmm. i don't know how you maybe you do maybe you don't maybe you've not even thought about it before i have not thought Um, about it before yeah i don't think i do but like i think a lot of these fan fictions try and teach you that because it's been taught to them it's very repetitive Mm -hmm. and like because all of these things whether it be books films tv anything they work as like these ideological state apparatuses which basically reinforce the normative ideologies into your head and it's the fact that it's based on harry styles and harry styles has like 
a queer identity surround like that he like embodies right like he's more than happy to destroy masculinity and its constructs by wearing a dress right Mm -hmm. he he doesn't like define himself or confine himself to a box and this film basically just heteronormatizes everything Mm -hmm. so it takes away from that queerness of like obsession because obsession is usually linked to like queer film and queer theory Mm -hmm. and this has that same obsession embedded in it because Harden is is a very obsessive character yeah like very very obsessive character and you know if you already know that Harry is one way as well you've taken these two things associated with camp and queerness but instead you've suppress them and repress them and made them like very straight yeah I mean this film has little to no representation of anything um like it's just oh, it's just annoying no because... sorry you're missing it out you're missing it out sorry to interrupt but <laughs> she thought you know the one thing that's gonna fix all the bad I've done mm-hmm. oh I'll make Steph a lesbian Oh, I am missing it out. Sorry, it was so minuscule and so so small that I forgot. <laughs> yep. It's just I mean, good. I mean, it I'm not saying it's a bad thing that she showed it. Obviously it's a good thing she showed it, but if you don't give these characters any depth, it's kind of like are they just like there for you to say that you've done it? Like I don't know. It just kind of but to be in that sense, like none of her characters have much depth anyway, so <laughs> I don't know. Like, but I feel like it would have been she... interesting. Yeah, sorry. No, 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 go. It would be interesting to see characters like Molly have more, or because she's painted out to be the villain. I know this is a different topic now, but she's painted out to be the villain, and Tess is a victim of her. But Tess is the one who's slut shaming her and who's like, who's constantly. At That's what her, I'm talking like... about. The heteronormative view, right? Like. Mm-hmm. Again, okay, so gender and sexuality within queer theory is meant to be very, like, fluid. And Mm -hmm. this is not that, because now Tess has gone and said, oh, you're sexual? Mm -hmm. Hmm, no, bad. So it's a very polarised view of the world that if you're sexual, then you're a bad person. But if you're not sexual, like I am, because I don't do it in front of people and I don't talk Mm -hmm. about it, then you're a good person. So she's convinced herself she's a good person, because yeah. she doesn't talk about her sex life. <laughs> That's basically it, right? That's basically it. Yeah. But can we also talk about, like, how she's also villainized Steph and made her the lesbian? hmm Like, it's a very small microaggression that probably is unintentional because Steph isn't a lesbian in the books. Steph mm-hmm. has a boyfriend in the books. But... It's still weird because, like, you've made this character who everyone really liked into a villain, yeah. but you've also made her the only form of any representation. Yeah, I just felt like with Steph becoming the, the villain, it, well, she didn't become like, the villain, the villain, the villain, <laughs> the villain <laughs> as such, but she, she betrayed Tessa's trust, and I feel like that was a very irrelevant thing to add, like... I guess it was a way to show her her never really fitting in and her, like, never really forming good bonds with these people. But, like, I just feel like... I don't know. 
But it also emphasizes like Tessa as an outsider because she's never going to yeah. be a part of Pardon or the group. And again, this is what I'm talking about obsession. Like she's cast, like it's not that all these people aren't cast in a bad light. Like mm-hmm. they definitely are. These characters are cast in a terrible light because they're all toxic, they're all manipulative, they're all horrible to one another like they yeah. they tear each other down right i think the only bearable character really is landon like he's who's consistently yeah. there for tessa but like at one point he says oh yeah i'm looking at your horoscope you share the same birthday as stalin mm-hmm. why are you like yeah forcing the badness on all the female like the the compare the, the comparisons that anatod has made Again, where where is the badness for Harden? Like we can recognize Harden as a bad, terrible, toxic person when we're looking back at him and we're analyzing him. And you know, people who've watched the film, but when she's writing it, she's not seeing it that way. But she's purposely added the things in for these women. Mm-hmm. Because the whole way through, like you're still supposed to want to come back to Harden. You're still supposed to feel bad for him, even though he's just treating everyone around him terribly. And like just because someone is struggling and someone is suffering with a mental health problem or like in his case substance addiction it's not like you can't write that in as an excuse for him to be the victim an excuse for him to like treat people so badly he doesn't need tessa to fix him he needs like help like i don't know why they yeah, needed, yeah. like tessa was going to be his savior because she's not that's just literally that whole like toxic thing of I can fix him they can't <laughs> yeah and oh I don't know it just puts really like like I think Wattpad in general mm-hmm. has really just like formulated a group of girls it's like okay because we're all like the Tumblr Wattpad kind of generation mm-hmm. and so all we've learned from these social media platforms is oh okay someone treats you bad it's okay it's right Mm -hmm. right and the more obsessed you are with them the more you idealize them so these celebrities that we're idealizing like harry styles we don't know him personally right he might be a terrible person not saying that he is so i don't think he is but like (laughs) he might be a terrible person but we would still be like wow he's perfect and this is exactly what this film is doing but with the younger generation because we're not the ones watching it Mm -hmm. the younger kids are yeah this is like the problem for me because when I look back like obviously I understand I was just young like that's it wasn't really my fault that I would idolize these celebrities and like I don't know justify all the things they did wrong like that and you still see it today on Twitter like TikTok is like a really bad example of that but at the end of the day like you are just younger and you haven't really understood that but yeah I did yeah. find it I just find it strange to really well, I don't know what I'm saying um it was like the obsession and the like infatuation um it all does come from the media and pop culture but I feel like mm-hmm. it's so harmful in this film is just bringing it all back if that makes sense like it's just passing yeah yeah like it doesn't work as a social commentary about obsession at all if anything Mm -hmm. like I'm understanding it because I'm I've grown up in that kind of toxic culture yeah yeah Yeah. and being like okay this is okay this is okay like throughout my life I've done that where I've justified people's actions and mean like 
but the mm-hmm. book said this is okay but the film has said this is okay so I'm gonna yeah. allow this person to treat me like that and um when we go into it like that's not the way it should be no at all and so it's not and so this film takes advantage of that in a way the book takes advantage of that because it reinforces that kind of thing that like you know if someone's treating you badly you let them treat you badly and whereas other films who talk about talk about obsession so like Ingrid Goes West I was not 100% like on its social commentary Mm -hmm. because I felt like the ending ruined the entire social commentary because Ingrid Goes West is about Aubrey Plaza who plays Ingrid Mm -hmm. and she's just lost her mother but she becomes obsessed with social media so she's obsessed with social media and because of that like she makes she meets a girl on social media who commented on one of her posts and she attacks her for not inviting her to her wedding because she thinks that they're friends Mm -hmm. and so she has to go to a mental institution and when she comes out the first thing she does is go back to her phone okay yeah so going back to her phone it, it represents what we do like we will be going insane. We'll be losing our minds. We'll be going crazy in reality, but we'll always rely on our phones. We've got that codependency on our phones for like no apparent reason. We just are in the loop of what's happening, who's doing what, like because the media has kind of taught us to do that. And so she then becomes obsessed with Elizabeth Olsen's character, Taylor Sloan. Um, and she moves to LA to become friends with her. But she's never spoken to her, never met her, anything. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's just kind of like talking about our obsession with influencer culture and how we wish we were them and we project ourselves into being them, wanting to be friends with them. But we don't realise how that's causing detriment to our mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, and I completely agree, you know, up until that part. And then she tries to commit suicide, which, again, I think shows how toxic social media can be and how obsessive like our personalities and human nature can be with these things Mm -hmm. to the point where we are mentally unstable I think that was a perfect kind of message going on but then at the end after her overdose she wakes up she goes where's my phone Mm -hmm. gets her phone back from like this boy that she's kind of dating but like she tried to kind of kill at the same time. It was weird. Oh. It was. She didn't kill him, but she nearly got him killed. Yeah. Um, and then she left him in the hospital for dead. She's like, bye. Um, and then he's still in love with her some for some reason at the end, even though all of this happened. And he was the one who saved her life, despite being in the hospital. And um, yeah, so now she's suddenly gained a following on social media, being an influencer from a hospital bed. And it's like, mm. why did you have to end it like that? The, the ending should have just been that her obsession led her to leave the phone. Yeah. Well, yeah, right? because that, like, feeds the narrative that a platform and an influencer lifestyle fixes things, and it doesn't. Like, that still gives people that um, motivation to aspire to it, which isn't a problem. If you want to, like, aspire to it, that's not a problem. The problem is, you know, like, when you lose yourself to do that um so I do agree I think it would have been better to leave it at the point where you know she's been through all of this she's realized how this hasn't served her well and she moves on from it because it it doesn't really show an arc if that happens it just shows she's back where she wants to be but now she's successful she's back where she was before but now she's successful 
Yeah, and I feel like this is again like just media in general, and this is what Tessa should do as well, right? Like mm-hmm. she should have that growth and realization that she and Hard not good for, good for each other, um, that they are bringing out the worst in each other, and that her best friend is pointing it out over and over again. Her mother is pointing out like your, her mother doesn't want bad for her. Her mother has the wrong way of executing it. Yeah, her mother doesn't want bad for her, and she should just realize, okay, you know what? And everyone is saying to me that he's not good for me. So I shouldn't go against them to be like I want it so I'm gonna have it that's just being a stubborn bitch right mm-hmm. like not that I am I'm not guilty of doing it myself I definitely am mm-hmm. but it's something you learn you know and that's that's what I'm talking about growth like there's no growth with Tessa and her obsession and realizing okay at least if he's doing wrong I shouldn't give into it mm-hmm. yeah and she doesn't walk away they don't grow as people no, there's no growth in the film and I think that's where it becomes harmful because the longer this goes on and the more that um they make it seem that this relationship is because it's weird they're painting it out to be a really toxic relationship but at the same time they're painting it out to be they're having the most amazing time in their life which I guess can be quite true for for toxic relationships like we were saying a few episodes before like when we're good we're good when we're bad we're really really bad but it does paint it out like they're so in love and this is real love and they're gonna be together forever and and you know it's apparent that I've just found out that they are together like they end up together and I just think it's this narrative that keeps getting pushed that's like feeding this it's like gonna keep continuing um and I feel like in a way this is why I like obsession that's kind of same-sex obsession because if you take a film like Ingrid Goes West, what I really liked about it was that you could see the queer perspective in it, right? Mm-hmm. It was kind of like a girl being obsessed with a girl, so she's got the identification, she wants to be yeah. her, she wants to be friends with her, and there's a reason for it. And there's also, you know, a, a departure from norms, basically. Mm-hmm. And then you've also got All About Eve, I would kind of relate this all to, because All About Eve is like the most camp film ever, like one of the bitchiest films ever made and you know Margot Channing who was played by Bette Davis again very queer stardom kind of persona surrounding her she walks away <laughs> she walks away from it she's like you know what Eve babes if you're gonna act like that you can go ahead and get what you want I'm not playing your games anymore because I have mm-hmm. what I want and that is like self-fulfillment it's not about growing that I'm gonna be more powerful than you because I'm in competition with you like there's competition between Harden and Tessa who's better I'm better than you you're better than me oh okay and then you know that reversal kind of thing that oh I don't deserve you you're too good for me yeah it's just not a vibe it's not a vibe no and I think like this is probably more so with like uh Wattpad stories but I think I have noticed it in rom-coms as well because obviously rom-coms like they often like tie everything up neatly in a little bow and they make everything so even if something's impractical they make it work and whatever but with their relationship um they do they never they never end up going anywhere like she ends up falling behind in her work because she's with him and he like I don't know what he's doing with his life um I feel like I just feel like they were just in denial that they aren't good for each other like they think they're because they're always like, oh, we're so in love and stuff like this but I think the problem with it is that they don't highlight that just because you're in love doesn't mean that it's good for you and it, you should move away from it if you're going through 
like because no relationship should be like the way that it's uh depicted in in this film um and yeah. I think that that's kind of like the same thing you were saying with Ingrid Goes West like it's missing that part like I feel like they could have saved it maybe if they redid it yeah like so if they sort of kept around the same plot but you know maybe they just made it that they grew apart as people and then maybe one day they came back in a different life like I think that's so important like you know I was talking to you about one day earlier yeah um of the film with Anne Hathaway mm-hmm. so what happens is she realizes multiple times that she's growing apart from her best friend who she's in love with mm-hmm. and moves away from him and then he's like he keeps coming back to her because he's got alcohol issues he's got like he's got substance abuse issues as well and but it's the fact that they have that bond as friends Tessa and Harden don't have that bond as friends they're no. not friends no. there's no okay we get along because of this there's no like there's no build up like you know even in Love Rosie that we were talking about earlier right the mm-hmm. comparison between there's Love so Rosie much Love Rosie it's not even just tension I think it's just the kind of thing that any relationship to work has to have some form of friendship in right yeah like your partner should be your best friend Harden and Tessa don't know each other. No. Like, they did have that... The only thing I can think of is when they were in the library and they have a shared sort of interest in books. But what's that? Like, that's not... That's not really <laughs> much. Like, obviously... It's idealisation, isn't it, again? Stemming yeah. from obsession. Like, they mm-hmm. both idealise each other because they're like... He's like, oh, well, I can only sleep with her because she's the one sorting out my mental health issues, like, as if she's some kind of drug, right? Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, I can fix him. So yeah. I'm going to stay. Um, it, it's just all the time being like, okay, I'm going to make that person better and I'm going to make them who I think they are, who I want mm-hmm. them to be. And no one ever is going to be who you want them to be. Exactly. I feel like though it is a relatable topic and obviously a lot of people go through it, but the way they, and it's fine to write about it, but not in the way that it's written about here. Um, yeah definitely because I think it's important that it talks about obviously um and even like if it was just used to so that you could notice when something is toxic for you or notice these sort of signs but I think the way that they've done it is they've done this is a love story and it's not (laughs) that's exactly like 50 shades of great like I haven't watched it but I understand the basics like Anastasia Mm -hmm. the 19 year old girl she goes to work for millionaire or billionaire whatever the hell his name is Mr Grey Mr Christian Grey and um I think the only reason that film works is because Jamie Dornan and Dakota Johnson have like actual chemistry between them and like yeah you know but he makes her quit her job to look Mm -hmm. after the baby you know and Harden's kind of on the same trail that you if you don't pay attention to me that's it yeah it's over very needy kind of possessive like men and I think this is what we need to start moving away from we need to be like we're at a stage in the world I think where girls are finally understanding that okay like we don't we don't need no man like mm-hmm. we don't need no man like this film could have been like I don't know if you've watched it it's on Netflix it was Gina Rodriguez's film something great yeah I have seen it right so like this film could have been like that where it's like mm-hmm. okay it's just not working out because of life or because of this or because we've outgrown each other but we have those good memories 
and this is a story about self-fulfillment yeah the way that but instead it turns into this was good like when I, I remember I first watched it I was, like, I was kind of sad they didn't get back together kind of sad they broke yeah, up yeah same like it was I think it was it's probably the first one I've ever seen like that um yeah yeah like because they were together seven years long term relationship they break up just because you know life not working blah, blah. yeah and then yeah. she goes through this I mean it does glamorize drugs and do things like that which is not mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. greatest representation but yeah it it sort of shows her going through the motions of a heartbreak and the hope that he'll always come back and he doesn't which is what happens most and people. she accepts it though and she accepts yeah. it at the end and I think I've never really seen anything like that I think that is a sort of arc character arc and character journey that Mm-hmm. it needs like and without that this film is nothing <laughs> like like no this film has a lot of controversy because like j- just the little little things I feel like there's a lot of general like microaggressions to it or like like it's just so anti-feminist the way what pad because I think I don't know if you remember this phase between mm-hmm. like 2012 2013 to about 2015 I swear every single girl you would meet was in a pick me girl phase I don't know if that's just where we grew up yeah or what it was um I just remember everyone being a pick me girl during this time and just being like um yeah so like I do this with the boy I was one of those girls Mm -hmm. you know and it's embarrassing it's really really embarrassing looking back and being like I did that that's disgusting Mm -hmm. like why did I go out of my way like that for people men who did not like boys who did not deserve it right but I could blame a lot of it on books and films like this it's been it's like nurtured it's like drilled into our head from the things that we've watched and the things that we've seen things that we've read um but that's literally what's happening in this film and I think that's probably why we take such an issue with it and why everyone does because it's just gonna repeat the same cycle and over again over and over again it's quite regressive because we've come Mm -hmm. so far and then this yeah and we're plummeting backwards because I know it was written a long time ago but obviously it was made recently into a film so it didn't need to be done (laughs) there's still books like this that exist this is the problem right like because Wattpad is suddenly having a surge and a comeback. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you've seen it all over, like, uh, TikTok. It's just suddenly gone up it's again. Not, this isn't the only film, is it, that's come from Wattpad? I'm sure it's not. The Kissing Booth. The Kissing Booth. That's toxic. Yeah. That's 100% toxic. Like, and the thing is, I would compare to All the Boys I've Loved Before. Like, I know we've already spoken about these films. Mm-hmm. They again idealize men telling women what to do or how to be or how to act and going for the wrong man like Laura yeah. Jean Laura Laura Jean Laura, Laura Jean. Jean um Laura Jean goes for Peter okay I John understand Ambrose. that they might have some connection yeah John Ambrose and her had similarities they had a friendship it was there from before you know it might be that they've grown, outgrown each other but the film didn't That's reflect that book, I don't I haven't read the book yeah because she kissed him um yeah and she was like worried she was in because obviously there's like the narration from Lara I think in the film I don't remember I haven't seen it in a while but um from what we can understand there was leftover feelings for her and it was in her head it was it was threatening her and Peter's relationship um 
I just, I don't know. It's the romantic, it's the romanticizing of like um, toxic relationships men. That is, and men that is so, so. Um, I said romanticizing men. That sounds really. <laughs> it's like, no, it's I mean, just the romanticizing. Men, men. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> like even Noah in relationships. Um, yeah, Noah in it's the so booth as well, right? Mm-hmm. He he does the exact same thing where he's like, "Ow, get back in the car!" Yeah, like, babes, if you do that, I'll walk ten other miles in the other direction. Mm-hmm. And like, oh. not to mention with Noah in the kissing booth. So there's Chloe, who's clearly a threat to Elle because just because of understandable reasons. Anyway, then she, she so she finds the earring, thinks they're cheating, and then he starts lying to her about where he is just because she was she didn't he didn't want her to worry but that was like everyone's like oh Noah didn't want her to worry but it's like why are you lying babe like just be honest and even if she isn't gonna believe you like that's all you can do like I don't understand that's what you're telling her the truth yeah I just feel like with um with these films it just like um romanticizes toxic relationship and it's just so I just have seen it. I feel like I see it more times than not at this point. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just... I think this is why we, like, we were so invested in the films from like last week. Because it's yeah. not that... It's not that the she's all that didn't have problems. It definitely did, right? But like the bet trope in that film, Zach shows redemption for it. And Zach mm-hmm. actually... like There's a reason he gains feelings for Lainey. It's because they have that connection. They build that friendship first before even getting into anything. And they only have their first kiss at the end of the movie, yeah. right? They wait all that time. It's not suddenly just a sudden thing like, oh, very rushed. Like this stupid love oh story, right? Damn. It's not like, oh, it's such a whirlwind. It's like a gradual understanding process getting to know the person becoming friends and then getting into the relationship and even cat and patrick kind of the mm-hmm. same cat and patrick was so like he understood again what he did wrong harden has this thing that he's never wrong mm-hmm. and if he is wrong what do you want me to do about it <laughs> I'm a mess. As if, I'm sorry, I'm such a mess. I don't deserve you, Tessa. Like, maybe just get better. Like, if you really want to make... Like, if you're really, Anna, that, like, invested in this love story that you've created, perhaps send him to therapy and send mm-hmm. her to therapy separately. See if they grow as people individually and then make them come back to each other. Or yeah. maybe, like, the, I know in the last book, I think they split up for, like, two years or they do long distance for two years or something. That's not the same thing as growing as a person individually. No, I think, wait, no. I was just going to say, like, there's no, there was no build up with them. And that's, like, I remember texting you and being like, when I was watching it, I was like, there's literally no build up. Like, it happened yeah, in five yeah. minutes. And that links to the obsession and the infatuation because they, they like became, I think, she was just excited because this boy was actually paying her attention and actually fulfilling her needs and her boyfriend wasn't and then she got excited and then they got carried away and, and I, don't know I think happened. that's what happened as well I genuinely think that's what happened like I think it's that it's kind of like that gratification because 
Mm-hmm. This is what happens when you think someone's hotter than you mm-hmm. and that person thinks you're hot and they suddenly are interested in you. You suddenly just go, wow, okay, mm-hmm. this is perfect. And you will force it to happen. And yeah. that's exactly what they used to do. They like force it to happen. And that's why like, it's so like, it just reflects media culture, I think. Very, yeah. very like, in a weird way, ironically, like in a neat bow, like it just yeah. ties everything together because it reflects what we do with celebrities. It literally does because it's kind literally. of like, oh, if tomorrow, like, Avangogia came up to you and was like, okay, you know what? Let, let's fuck. Like, <laughs> what would you say? You wouldn't say, like, oh, no, sorry, I'm going the other way. It's quite like, like when I grew up thinking that, like, I'd meet Justin Bieber in a bar. And instantly we just, that's it, me so yeah. we've lived together forever. See, like, I've had that thought, well, I, haven't, I don't have that thought anymore, but I mean, I was like eight. I, start, I was eight thinking about that. Like, <laughs> I was convinced Sean Mendes was going to see me at one of his concerts and fall in love with me. So, <laughs> it's nice to know so, it's still happening, yeah. I guess. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think, you know, there's better ways to reflect obsession it, I mean mm. this just shows like kind of like obsession with media culture but like this is not done purposefully whereas yeah, I yeah. think this is kind of why I prefer other films about obsessiveness so I think maybe we should tie into our rankings <laughs> well for me I haven't seen the other films that you've described um so I don't really know how to rank them, but from what you you've could said literally about just them, rank. You could literally just rank any films about obsession or romantic obsession or toxic relationships. Like I don't care. Okay. Like we've mentioned so many films this episode, you can talk about any of them. I know. Um, obsession. I mean, either way for me, after is gonna probably come right at the bottom. Um, if I'm being honest. But the ones I'm going to mention aren't much better. Pre-warn, fair, what's the full warning? I don't know. Warning. (laughs) Um, I'll probably, so I feel like, I don't know if people normally pick them as obsession, but The Kissing Booth to me is obsession. Um, I don't really know if people would like, I probably have to, I don't know. I just like it's obsession because, okay we'll talk, we'll talk toxic relationships okay it's toxic but also but they have an obsession because just because of the way they start and because she's had a crush on him for so long like it was infatuation yeah and because I think they idealize each other quite a bit um yeah but yeah that one's probably gonna come next so we've got Arthur the kissing booth I don't know why I'm doing it like that way but anyway um <laughs> so the boy I don't know. It's so hard to do this. Um, but I do like the one you're talking about, Ingrid Goes West. Um, I like the, I mean, I don't really like the way you described it. Not the way you described it. I mean, I don't like the ending because I feel like that ruins it a little bit. So I'll put that on it too. Um, and then number one, I don't know. This is so hard. So I have to rank them because I don't even like them and I don't even know. I haven't decided which ones I'm ranking before I'm ranking them. So the <laughs> ranking stands at number one's blank. 
Number two, Ingo goes <laughs> worst. Number three is all the boys I love before. Number four is the kissing booth. Number five is after. Well, I could just do four I then. I don't know me. why I did that like that. <laughs> That's something that I would do. See, for me, I think. Mm, see, I quite like the commentary from All About Eve about obsession. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it comments quite perfectly, but it's not contemporary, so I don't think it fits with us. Mm-hmm. Um, it does fit with our obsession with media in the sense that we want to project ourselves into the film by identifying with these characters and then we want to become them. But I don't think that's so much related to us. I'm going to put that a second. Um, then Ingrid Goes West, I think, comes first, apart from the ending again. See, mm-hmm. I think if the ending was changed, it could have been perfect literally perfect but I think it also kind of shows that how we're not willing to change our obsession because it's something that's so ingrained into us to the point that like we could be dying and we're still like where's our phone like you know the first Mm -hmm. thing I do in the morning is go on my phone and it's just it it kind of reflected that that like no matter how bad of condition we're in we're still looking for affirmation and that comes through mm-hmm. the phone. Yeah. So I think, yeah, that, that stands at number one just because I, I love the social uh, the social commentary on it's it. It's kind of true, though, because we all see our phones as like a comfort now. Like, if I feel mm-hmm. anxious, I just grab my phone. Yeah, yeah. I shouldn't be dependent on it, but I am. Yeah, like, I'll be crying, right? Mm-hmm. And rather because I don't want to deal with my feelings, I'll just keep scrolling up and down on my phone, not actually yeah. reading or seeing anything. I'm just trying <laughs> to like get myself over it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like out of all the other films that we've discussed, I think for me, like I don't know, like if after was an actual social commentary, then I like because it's an accidental social commentary, right? That's like true. I would have ranked it like third but because it's not like I'm gonna rank it last because the acting is fucking shit <laughs> like everything is fucking shit um and then you've got I think what if we take to all the boys I love before in the kissing booth not big mm-hmm. fans of either like I remember being obsessed with the first two all the boys but like after that like nah I, I don't really rate either of them just because I feel like the male characters kind of make or break it so do the female characters because the most of the time like they're the view that we see but mm-hmm. like no the male characters kind of make or break it in the sense that how kind are they and how much do they fit the main character um the protagonist and I feel like Noah Centineo was charming in the first movie he was so he does not fit Lara Jean and like I heard in the third film he tried to like make her go to the same school or something and like yeah it was kind of that control is mm, weird they they like they figured it out in the end but it was that sort of expectation yeah yeah so yeah I think it's just generally obsession films are weird and like yeah they don't uh, really like them unless they're providing a social commentary I think they go one of two ways they're either really good or they're just like a train wreck and they send the complete wrong message Mm -hmm. mm-hmm mm-hmm oh so terrible but I think you know what just to wrap it up on a fun note we should mm-hmm. actually rank the toxicity of the characters in this film right. okay. <laughs> oh it's gonna be hard <laughs> okay right how many I want to see many... if we've got the same ranking let's do it at the same time 
to like okay okay how many characters you're right like how many characters should we do mm. I think let's just do oh, oh there's so many so we've got like Molly Steph her mom um Hardin Tessa Landon Noah should we talk about Zed? I don't remember him. Zed's barely in it because, like, he's in the books, but he's not in the film properly. Mm-hmm. Um, Trevor. Those are the, the, the main eight. So let's just rank okay. the eight. Okay, so let's see. Who stands at number eight? Who's the least toxic? Three, two, one. Landon. Yeah. You were meant to say at the same time as me. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was thinking okay. about my answer. Do it again, or do we just continue yeah, with the I next one? Yeah, I changed my answer now thinking about it, so yeah. Okay. Who, who's at number eight? Three, two, one. Landon. Landon. Yes. Okay, great. Seven. Three, two, one. Trevor. Oh, yeah, Trevor. But Tre- mm. Trevor's kind of toxic. <laughs> No, but I don't think you know what happens with Steph, and that's why you're not. That's why you're saying that Steph isn't toxic, because something happens with Steph, and I don't know if it's in the films yet or in like because it was in the books, so I don't remember if it was in the film or not. I mean, something minor happened, but it wasn't like. Oh no no no! Then no, then you then, then you don't know. It was just like oh, okay, knowing about like... the bet and not saying anything. No, no. <laughs> something really bad happens. Oh, okay. So that's why. Okay. So wait, what we what we at? We're at six. Okay. okay. <laughs> Three, two, one. Trevor. Oh fuck, I forgot. Wait, what? Wait, what? I thought we put Trevor at seven. Oh. We're at six now. Okay. Okay, six. Three, two, one. Oh my god, I I don't know. Based Crap. on what I know, I'd put Steph because you know more about her and if something bad happens, I... I... Oh. Oh, God. Now it gets bad. Now it gets hard. Now it gets really hard. I would put Noah. Oh, yeah, Noah. Okay, I can live with that. I'll put Noah. Okay. Now we're moving on to five. Three, two, one. Molly. Molly. <laughs> oh! oh. <laughs> I'm telling you, I like that. Okay. <laughs> now we're at four. Three, two, one. Steph. Steph. <laughs> Have you not already done Steph? Yeah, but I'm running out of options. <laughs> we have eight people. <laughs> there was someone else. I don't know who else is left. Her mum. Her mum deserves to be way lower than this, honestly. Her? Harden Tessa. and her mum. No, no, how Harden. Shit, who are we missing? So it was Noah, Trevor, Steph, Molly, Landon. Her mum, Harden, her. Mm-hmm. So who have you not done on that list? We're at four. I haven't done her mum. I haven't done her mum. I haven't done her. I haven't done him. But I've... We just did Steph, right? 
Yeah. Steph? Yeah, but Noah. I said Steph for a few. I didn't say Noah, you said Noah, and then we did that. I said Noah, so who am I missing? Wait, no, I just said Steph for number four, no. didn't I? No, yeah, I just said yeah. Steph for number four. Oh, okay. We've got the next okay. three. Okay, you said Steph for like four of them. I know. I know my answer's low. Okay, one. three. Okay. Three, two, one. Her mum. Tessa. Really? Oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. All okay. Right. Number two. Now we're in the final two. Okay. Three, two, one. Tessa. And last but not least, the award goes to. Just a drum roll, please. Hardest. Hardest score. Hardest score. Why are you clapping for him, Cody? Cody. You're nominating him an award, so he's getting the award for most toxic. That doesn't deserve a clap. It deserves a foot thump stamp. <laughs> Boo. Boo. Add some sound effects here. Boo. 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 <laughs> okay, so I think that concludes. That concludes that. This weird episode. This, this episode really is really weird so episode. Weird. We literally had nothing to say and everything to say at the same time. <laughs> we hope that doesn't change your view of us. We we really hope change this was just one of those <laughs> one of those episodes. Okay. Yeah, and you know what? You can blame it on the film. You can blame it on the film. Yeah. It just blame it on Anna Todd. Made us speechless and not in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> you can you can sue Anna Todd for this terrible episode. <laughs> But yeah, that's all we have for you today. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> we hope you come it's back really again dancing. next week still. Um, yeah, please do. Because it next one will be better. Next one will be better. We pinky promise because the next one is something you guys actually all voted for. You guys actually want you guys actually want this one. So <laughs> and we promise we won't let you down because of something that we love as well. We don't hate yeah. it because we love it and we hated this so we promise it won't actually be bad but yeah that's all we have for you this terrible terrible mess all we have time for and yeah we don't know how long the time is though oh, oh i don't even want to know actually don't oh but yeah okay um if you have any commentary on this and how bad after mm-hmm. is and how much it sucks um please then please us. please come along to all of our social medias and well, if, you, if you loved it like tell me why like if you actually really liked yeah. it yeah i would like to know why yeah like i can't believe people actually like this film so please inform <laughs> us yeah like give us insight <laughs> but yeah um meet us on there because we're leaving now <laughs> <laughs> And that's a wrap. We're done. Okay, bye bye. <laughs> bye bye. Oh, okay, that was such a weird episode.